about 5,000 men who were there. That does not include the women and children. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those who were seated as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Bless God, this is your word. Shake your servant in the anointing. Drip me all over the sanctuary so that I might be able to bless these, your people, with your word. I'll be mindful to give your name the praise, all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. For I thought this morning, I want to preach. I got five on it. I got five on it. Ain't that how it used to go? So I got a couple people who know what I'm talking about now. A few of y'all might be lost. Grinda, just hang with us. We're we going to get you there, baby. We're going to get you there. I got five on it. Back in 1995, rap duo Looney's and Michael Marshall produced this I Got Five on it on their album Operation Stacola. Still popular today, I Got Five on it. Known as a weed smoker's anthem. Somebody's getting nervous. I ain't coming after you this morning. The five refers to a $5 bill that was kicked in towards the purchase of the marijuana. That was it. That was it. The song simply says, if you want to smoke some of my weed, please kick in some cash. Claiming that you could have a part of it so long as you contribute something. Just put five on it. In other words, it means if you want a stake in it, you got to put something on it. <laughs> if you want something, if you want to be in control or enjoy some of this, you got to put something on it. And I know we got nervous when I said I got five on it. And the church, Universal, has had a strange relationship with weed. I, talk to me now. I, we've had an estranged relationship with weed. Y'all, why y'all acting like I'm talking about something brand new or strange? We, we've had such an estranged relationship with weed that when the worship leader comes in after dealing with depression all day long and she grabs a microphone and she bellows out the songs of Zion, we fail to realize that the sister is higher than a kite. Because we've had an estranged relationship with weed. We've failed to recognize that the drummer is so traumatized by all of his life experiences that at the shaking of his hands, he picks up the sticks and is only able to make it through Sunday service because he was able to hit it before he came in the door. Tell me to sit down if I'm lying. We've been so out of pocket with weed that we don't even recognize it unless we smell it. Unless we use one of those five senses that we've been blessed with to recognize the scent or the odor of weed, we don't even know when people are high. 
Part of the reason why we don't know is because we failed to stop and take a look. We've not looked people in the eye long enough to really see what's going on in their souls. We haven't stopped singing long enough to stand flat-footed to ask them a question. How are you? Not, not how you doing. How are you doing? We all know those people. Those people who are struggling with just living life every day. And the only way they're able to get through it is by taking in something that will get them past this moment into the very next moment. So I'm going to make a shift here. And so I want to let you, those of you who are high this morning, sitting in the sanctuary off the hook, I'm not talking about weed no more. But we all know, yeah, I know there's a few of y'all sitting out there, and I ain't mad at you. I'm just glad you're in the house. I ain't mad at you. I'm just glad you're watching us on Facebook. I ain't mad at you. I'm just glad you hear the word. <laughs> we all know those people who want something for nothing. All, we all know those people who want a marriage, but they ain't willing to do the work on themselves or the relationship to make it work. We know those people who want a house but ain't looked at their credit in six years. We, we know those people who want fine things but don't want to go to a job, whether it's an eight to four, nine to five, in order to get them. We know those people who want a relationship with God but don't want to take time to pray. We all know them who want to ride but don't want to give you no gas money. Y'all know them people. Uh, you better tell them call Uber. At least you, you know you're off the hook. We all know those people so we must ask them the question and ask you the question what are you bringing to the party but what are you bringing to the party you bringing five what are you bringing to the party are you bringing your time your talent or your treasure to the party in our time we work in the worship service I watch the worship leaders go up and down and some of you may not ever know the, the work that goes into preparing a worship service or the work that goes into preaching the gospel the work that goes into staying up all night long to pastor knuckleheads some of you will never know the time that it takes just to work and some of us will never know the talent that it takes to work in the house of God. Somebody's sitting back there and saying, I don't really have a talent. I don't have nothing to offer. But Martin Luther King put it like this. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets as Michelangelo was painting or Beethoven composed music. The same way that Shakespeare wrote poetry, that man should sweep streets that way so that at the end of his life, someone will say, herein lived a man who was a great street sweeper a job well done so what are you bringing as far as your talent to the church house what are you bringing to the work are you bringing your broken English are you broken bringing your bad voice are you bringing your inflated chords what are you bringing to the church are you bringing your treasure? Are you bringing your money? Are you willing to put something on it? There is nothing worse than a lazy believer. There's nothing worse than a lazy Christian. They don't mind shouting, but when church is over, they ain't going to straighten up no chairs. 
They don't mind singing when the preacher asks them to sing, but don't ask them to give any money. There's nothing worse than a lazy believer. I, I'm, I'm get back on the plane to go back to Jersey, so y'all ain't going to have to put up with me long. Just put up with me for a few minutes. There's nothing worse than a lazy folk walking around with a Bible as big as their uh, umbrella under their arm because they believe that that makes them somebody that it doesn't. There is nothing worse than a lazy worshiper who won't go before God and ask God, what would you have me to sing? There's nothing worse. Let me tell you why there's nothing worse. Because when you are lazy and working in God's house, more of you shows up than God. Oh, when you're lazy and show up as a worship leader, all of the fanfare and the notes here, the there go, but God is nowhere around. Somebody ought to say, ouch! There's nothing worse than a lazy believer. So let me set some stuff on fire here. A few weeks ago in the Bronx, there was a fire, a fatal fire. And I don't use this example to make light of this tragedy. This high rise caught fire and 17 people lost their lives. Among them were about nine children and eight or so adults. There was a family living on the second or third floor and they were cold. And throughout their apartment, they had two or three space heaters. In one room, the space heater got too close to the bed. As this space heater sat in an attempt to warm the people in that room, it caught the bed on fire. Back in 2018, there was a law enacted in that city that any high rise of that age and statue had to have auto closing doors. In this particular apartment, when the family went to flee from the fire that was inside of their apartment, the door that was supposed to work malfunctioned. When they ran out of their apartment and attempting to get next door to their friend's apartment, on the 15th floor, someone else's apartment door was open. Now, if you know like I know what I know, and I learned it by mistake once, that fire needs air. And so what happened in this apartment, when the, uh, the door opened on the second or third floor, and the door on the 15th floor opened, it created what they call a chimney effect. And through the entire building, smoke filled the building. There were people who were running around the building attempting to escape. Uh, someone said they, as they were trying to get to the stairwell, they were stepping over bodies and trying to get past people who couldn't make it. One woman said she opened her door and the fire ran down the hall. So she shut the door because she was scared to go out to the fire. Oh, I, I just want to tell you something here. Fresh fire. You need to be able to set some things on fire in here. But there's something you need to add to the fire so that it can breathe. Well, what do you want me to add to this 
fire. Go to Genesis with me if you don't mind. Genesis chapter number 2 verses 5 through 7. And it reads, now no shrub hath yet appeared on the earth and no plant had sprung up. For the Lord had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Well, fresh fire. There's a couple things I want to tell you. Along the way, I'm sure you've had to step over some dead bodies. I'm sure there were some people and some things that have gotten in the way. Oh, and you've had to step over the bodies just to keep moving. But I need you to call out right now and say, God, I want you to breathe on me. I've got a fire, but it needs some air. I've got a fire, but it needs some oxygen. I got a fire, but it needs the breath of heaven. Somebody said, breathe on me. Shall breathe on me. Now, all of these individuals went running here and there, but there were some of them who jumped out of windows and rather, rather than wait, the fire chief says, whenever you're in a structure like this and a fire breaks out, the best thing you can do is stay in your apartment. Oh, some of y'all missed that. The best thing you can do is stay in your apartment. Somebody else missed that. The best thing you can do is shut the door and stay right there. What are you saying, preacher? Somebody's trying to run and you're running into danger. Somebody's trying to walk and you're walking in the fire. You gotta shut the door and stay right there. Shout glory. Some of us have been waiting on God to move. We've been waiting on God to breathe on us. Now this message here is for the church collective. But more importantly, the message is for you, individual. Somebody's got a vision that God gave them a few years ago. Let me just tell this part. I was standing in my office and I said God, I know you called me to this point and it's time for me to move out of the way and when I went home the next 
Sunday morning, God said, what about Laurent? I was like, oh, no, I don't know about that. I think he's enjoying what he's doing. But let me show you how the breath of God breathes. The next night, that night, that night I said, Pastor Le brother, Minister Laurent, I've got a question for you. I don't want you to answer right now, but I want you to think about it. I need to go because I'm being called to some other work. And I need somebody to step in here. And he looked at me. He said, well, I was just having a conversation last night. And Kiwanis asked me, when are you going to step in? What God has called you to do. And he opened his big mouth and said, God, we'll have to drop it in my lap. Well, let me tell you something. If you're waiting on God, don't be surprised when God drops it in your lap. If you're waiting on God, don't be shocked when God drops it in your lap. Shout glory. So, let's take here. I'm going to get back to the text so I can let you go and I can go eat my chillings in John. The pretext of our scripture text, we see Jesus was tired and he was going where he thought he was going to get some rest. And he looked up and there was a crowd following after him. Oh my God. Jesus looked up and said, where are we going to buy bread for all these people? Wait a minute. Are y'all listening? How in the world are we going to feed all these people? Now look here. Wait a minute. I want y'all don't mind. Look who said this. It was Jesus who asked the question. It was Jesus who proposed the scenario. It was Jesus who put him in the hot seat. It was Jesus who made them nervous. It was Jesus who made them scared. It was Jesus who blew their mind. It was Jesus who acted like he had no idea what was about to happen. Jesus is asking you, what are you bringing to the party? Jesus is asking you, what are you bringing to the party? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Yeah. Ah! Well. Jesus was using this moment, if y'all don't mind me being so bold and tell you that Jesus was using this moment to show off. Jesus was using this moment to flex himself. Jesus was using his moment, as the kids say, he was flossing right here. Jesus had a flaw situation. 
and he set himself up. Hallelujah. And as they were sitting there, Jesus knew all along what was about to happen. But look here. Look at what Philip said. Oh, now I'm going to tell you this. Ain't nothing worse than a stingy Christian. Ain't nothing worse than a stingy believer. Ain't nothing worse than a stingy worship leader. Ain't nothing worse than a stingy usher. Ain't nothing worse than a stingy musician. Peter said, well, it will take a half year's wages to feed all these people. What the, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want you to notice something. Peter never said, I ain't got it. Peter never said, I don't have that kind of money. He just said, it's going to take a whole lot of money to feed all those people. Pastor Laurent, I wish they knew what kind of money you put in here. I wish they knew how much it costs your house to have this church. But let me tell you something. If you want to ride this train all the way to glory, you better put your five on it. Shout yeah! 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 Oh! Oh, I'm about to finish here. And then another disciple, Andrew. You know what I can't figure out? Oh, Lord. Jesus had with him some silly believers. Jesus had working with him some silly men. Y'all don't mind me saying that. Ain't nothing worse than being a pastor and having a bunch of silly folks with you. Oh, Ain't nothing worse than being a choir director and having a whole silly choir. Ain't nothing worse than being a musician and having a silly band. Yeah! Yeah! Ain't nothing worse than being a prayer warrior and having silly kids. Y'all ain't with me. Y'all ought to shout yeah! Shout yeah! Yeah! And another one of them silly disciples, Andrew, opened his mouth and said, wait a minute, here's a little boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. And then Andrew, now first of all, why in the world? Did he bring it up if he didn't think there was anything that could do with it? Andrew says, but I don't know how just this little bit is going to feed all these people. Well, fresh fire, you might look like you're little, but there's a whole lot of people who are waiting on you to bring the fire. Fresh fire, it might feel like you got a little bit but I'd rather have a little bit with substance than a whole lot of silliness shout galore shout galore glory 
Well, Andrew, Andrew was acting like some of the people in church. Y'all know them trying to ride off of somebody else's gift, trying to ride off of somebody else's calling, trying to ride off of somebody else's blessing. Yeah, that's my cousin. Sit down somewhere and go get your own. Ah, yeah. Somebody trying to ride off of your anointing. Back up. Hallelujah. Andrew says, oh, this little boy, guess what? He didn't look like a bishop. He didn't look like a priest. He looked like a little boy. But God had a plan for the little boy. Hallelujah. Whatever you do, don't mistreat the children. Whatever you do, don't mistreat the little ones. Because God will do just like here, like he did for David on the backside of the mountain. Call him the kingship while he's watching sheep. Call him the kingship while he's smelling like duty. Call him the kingship while he's watching butts. Call him the kingship while he's walking in mud. You better watch how you handle the children. Shout yeah! Hallelujah. Oh, well, the Bible says that Jesus said, let them sit there oh, in the grass. So number two is going to cost you something. In order to be anointed, it's going to cost you something. In order to grow, it's going to cost you a few friends. In order to grow, it's going to cost you some relationships. Hallelujah. You can't be in the White House hanging with your boys on the corner. You can't make change trying to be in the hood and doing no good. You got to change your audience. Some of us got to move out in order to move up. Somebody missed that. Some of us got to move out in order to move up. I'm going to say it one more time for the one in the back. Some of us got to move out in order to move up. One more time. Move out to move up. One more time. Move out to move up. One more time. Move out to move up. Shout yeah. I'm almost finished. Hallelujah. Jesus had him sit on the grass and it reminded me of that sweet 23rd song. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Hallelujah. He's sitting me where my soul can get rest. Sometimes, forgive me for what I'm about to say, you got to move from the Negroes to get some rest. Sometimes, you got to separate from the knuckleheads to get some rest. Hallelujah. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And the Bible says that Jesus then took the loaves. He gave thanks and distributed them. Oh, well, the last point is really simple. Just a simple 
thank you. Some of us won't tell God thank you. Some of us are waiting on the house to say thank you. Some of us are waiting on the marriage to say thank you. Some of us are waiting on the new car to say thank you. But I dare you act in faith and believe it might not be here today, but if I hold my peace and tell the Lord, thank you. I don't have it yet, but thank you. I don't see it yet, but thank you. I'm not there yet. Shall thank you. Jesus said, thank you. And then he started feeding folks. Well, fetch fire until you tell God thank you for this little space. Your $100,000 might have to sit for a while. But what I need you to do is stand up today and declare before God, I thank you for these walls. I thank you for this worship. I thank you for my hands. I thank you. Shout thank you. There was a songwriter that put it like this. Said, don't wait till the battle is over. You gotta shout now. Some of us don't know that song, cause we owe, owe, owe it. But I'm gonna go back to the old song. Oh Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh Lord, I thank you all the days of my life. Yeah, yeah. When I was sick, you healed me. When I was lost, you found me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tell the Lord thank you. It don't make sense to have a vessel that's empty of thanksgiving. It doesn't make sense to have hands and you can't put them together and give God thanks. It doesn't make sense to have to have a worship leader tell you to say hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I used to think that the old people were exaggerating, but I learned the older I get. There are some things that I can't even tell you about. There are some nights when I've had to lay in my bed. I couldn't call mama, couldn't call daddy, best friends nowhere. And all I could do is say, Lord, I thank you. I'm not as well as I want to be, but thank you. Somebody. 
somebody with your no good self ought to open your mouth and tell the Lord, thank you. You ain't there yet, but tell the Lord, thank you. You ain't got it yet, but tell the Lord, thank you. And on your way, keep telling the Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ghost. The Holy Ghost just showed me somebody in this room, your blessing is held up because you won't say thank you. Your deliverance is held because you won't say thank you. Your miracle is waiting because you won't say thank you. God says, just open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Yeah. You said, you said, wait a minute, preacher. Wait a minute, preacher. I'm looking at the debt. Wait a minute, preacher. I still have a broken heart. You said, wait a minute, preacher. My soul is still empty. But remember what I told you. Jesus looked up and saw them coming. And he already knew what he was going to do. In other words, Jesus already knows how he's going to bring you out. Jesus already knows how he's going to deliver you. Show There's some preachers somewhere looking at fresh fire and saying they don't look like a whole lot. They don't look too dangerous. They don't look like something to be worried about. But let me tell you something. Oh, I dare somebody open the door and let the breath of God start breathing on you. Let this fire burn up the room. Let this fire burn up the room. Shout glory. Fire, 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 fire.
dizer Fire 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 Breathe Breathe Fire I need the Holy Ghost fire to start breathing out some folks in here. Breathe, Holy Ghost, breathe. Breathe, Holy Ghost, breathe. Breathe, Holy Ghost, breathe. Breathe, Holy Ghost, breathe. Fire from the Holy Ghost. Fire from the Holy Ghost. Oxygen from the Holy Ghost. Somebody don't, somebody don't want the wind to blow, but we're going to blow some air in here this morning so that the Holy Ghost can breathe. We're going to blow some smoke in here this morning so that the Holy Ghost can breathe. We need the anointing to flow over here this morning. We need the anointing to heal bodies this morning. Fire, put the air, put air on it. Give it some air, 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 air. You, my friend, individually, you are dangerous. Individually, you are dangerous. You're like, what do you mean, preacher? How am I dangerous individually? Remember what I told you. A 15-story building brought down by one space heater. A 15-story building burned from end to end by one space heater. If you don't mind looking around the room and looking at all these space heaters sitting in this room. Look at all these space heaters sitting in this room. Look, look, look at all these space heaters sitting around. And somebody needs your switch flipped on. So there's some space heaters that are, have been unplugged. Uh, let, me, let me help you get plugged in this morning. There's some space heaters in this room. Your switch ain't on. Wait, 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 what do you mean, preacher? The space heater had a function. And the function 
was to get the people in the room who were bigger than the space heater warm. The space heater was used to warm bodies. Louisville is a big city. This space heater, there's some cold people sitting out there that need you to turn your switch on. Let me, get, let me bring it home. There's some cold trans people out there that need you to just turn the switch on. Stay with me. Don't, don't, don't leave me, musician. Stay with me. There's some cold teenagers out there that are trying to figure out where they're going to go. Some of them have guns to their head because they can't figure out how in the world can I live like this and be who I am and love God. They're cold out there. And Louisville cannot afford to lose one more child. And this space heater we're calling fresh fire needs to turn his switch on. The pandemic has forced all of us to go from priority to purpose. Because Sunday morning was a priority. We had to show up because it was a priority. But we've had to turn the lights off in the sanctuary and move to purpose. There's some space heaters in this room. Turn your switch on. And, and I asked them to turn the fan on, not for me. Because fire needs air. <laughs> fire, in order to move, it needs air. In order to burn, it needs air. And so somebody around here, you're a little cold. And you need somebody with the anointing to just wave over you. Can I get some anointed folks in here just to walk the room and wave the anointing around? Somebody in this room who's on their last leg and they need you to wave the anointing. Somebody in this room is trying to decide how they will take their own life. They need you to wave your oil. Somebody in this room is on their last moment and they need the oil they need the anointing they need the air fire breathe 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 as I get ready to close You are responsible for what happens out there. Fresh fire. You have a big job. I'm almost glad I'm not pastoring in this era. You have a big job. Because you have to move from priority to purpose.
And you've got to help people out there find their purpose. And there might be some folks even in this room who are purposeless. You can't please God without purpose. God is calling you to something. And God is igniting the fire in you to burn. Stand on your feet all over the building. We need some sanctuaries in this room. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true anybody want to be a sanctuary with thanksgiving i'll be a living sanctuary lord for you lift your voices and sing Be a sanctuary. Somebody who needs Christ today, come. Come and let us pray with you. Your fire's gone out, and you need the spark to ignite it. Come and let us pray with you. Lord, just for you. Oh, 